Welcome to At Home with Debbie Rule, where you can freely ask questions, share stories, and learn more about how to have a happy home, family, and healthy relationships. Well, good evening and welcome to At Home with Debbie Rule. Tonight we have a great show planned for you. We're going to be continuing our discussions for Back to School 2020. And tonight we're discussing getting your kids to talk about their day at school. If you would like to have input on tonight's program and you haven't already written in, you can text us at 325-428-6145. If you're listening tonight and you would like to also interact with our Facebook page, At Home with Debbie Rule, we'd love to hear and share with our listeners your thoughts, stories, and testimonies over the next hour that we spend together. Every week I share these statements of how important I believe the home is. I believe every home should be filled with family, friends, food, music, love, and celebration. But most of all, it should be a place to gather, to be cozy, to feel safe, and the peace of God. I feel honored to have those around me year-round, and I love to say, I'm at home with family and friends. Stay tuned for Thoughts from Home. At Home with Debbie Rule, your place to discover more about home, family, and relationships. We'll be back. I love MediShare because they protect and respect life. MediShare is community. MediShare is affordable. MediShare is biblical. MediShare is uplifting. MediShare is family. Faithful. MediShare is hope. It's love. Learn how thousands of Christians can help you save on your health care. Call 844-74-BIBLE. MediShare, affordable, biblical health care. That's 844-74-BIBLE. The Haven Family Shelter is a domestic violence and sexual assault shelter that serves men, women, and children who are victims of domestic violence and sexual assault in Mason, Menard, McCullough, Kimball, Concho, and surrounding counties. The Haven is dedicated to ending domestic violence and sexual assault. The Haven provides services such as 24-hour crisis intervention and hotline, 24-hour accompaniment for medical, law enforcement, or criminal justice. They provide legal advocacy, individual counseling, and The Haven is active in public education, prevention, and community awareness. Support your local domestic violence and sexual assault programs. Speak up about the abuse. Educate yourself and others. Help a friend in need and set an example. For more information on how you can help, call The Haven at 325-597-7644. Together, we can end domestic violence and sexual assault. Welcome back. This is Thoughts from Home. Some kids love talking about school with others. It's like pulling teeth to get them to share even a few details about their day, especially if there are things going on that are upsetting them, like bullying or struggling in school. If your child is on the quieter side or is very private, there are ways to ask questions that will open up a conversation instead of shutting one down. Does this ever happen to you when your kid comes home from school? You are just so curious about their day and you have lots of questions to ask and your kid, so you get started. Hey, how was your school today? Fine, your child says, already grabbing a book, a tablet, a snack, etc. And then the conversation is over. 
Many children love to talk about their day and what they are doing. Sometimes it just takes a little bit of prompting and creating a relaxed and welcoming environment to get the conversation going. Talking about a school day is a great opportunity for your child to know that you care about them. It also gives you an important insight into any problems like bullying, school anxiety, friendship challenges, and more. It can get boring, even annoying for your child if you grill them every day on the details of what they did in school that day. It's not that your child doesn't want to talk to you. Maybe it's just that they need you to change things up on what and how you're asking your questions. Opening up to you about fears, joys, frustrations, and victories is really important for your child's building self-esteem. What's more, knowing your child can count on you to talk about their feelings can also prevent after-school meltdowns. When children put their emotions into words and share openly how they feel, they activate the parts of the brain that deal with self-control. The more children can put feelings into words, the less reactive and more aware of their behaviors and choices they can be. While some children will be happily answering questions or opening up all their own, other children need some encouragement to start talking. Strive to keep questions light and simple at first. Your goal in asking questions to your child is to have fun and enjoy being together. Spending time talking can build trust and a sense of safety for your child. Remember how you feel when someone asks you questions? Your child needs you to ask questions, but most of all, your child needs you to be a good listener. Try not to always fix the problem, but rather listen with compassion and lead them to the answer that can make them feel good about the situation. Showing your child you are a safe place for them to express themselves honestly will give them a safe place to answer your questions. But more than that, your child will be forthcoming with information about their experiences, friends, and feelings. Talking to children about school gives you a really wonderful opportunity to discover how your child is doing, adjusting, and learning. Taking this time to be together also helps you build a special bond of trust. Listening to your child in these early years is a great way to make sure that your child feels comfortable and ready to talk to you about important things as they grow up. If for some reason your child doesn't feel like talking, that's all right too. Some children need time to decompress after school before they are ready to get chatty. Follow your child's lead and strive to stay curious and willing to connect. This has been Thoughts from Home. Stay tuned for more of At Home with Debbie Rule. We'll be right back. The Haven Family Shelter would like to thank their sponsors that support the mission of The Haven. James Long Real Estate, Riata River Ranch, RES, and At Home with Debbie Rule. The mission of The Haven is to reduce the incidence and the impact of domestic violence and or sexual assault in McCullough, Mason, Menard, Kimball, and Concho County. The Haven provides services and support that empower victims to rebuild their lives and regain their dignity within a safe and caring community. Summer is almost here, and do you want that beach tan without going to the beach? Well, we've got a little bit of the tropics for you right here. Cuts and Such has one month of unlimited tanning for the low price of $45. That's right, one month of unlimited tanning for $45. Cuts and Such is open Monday through Friday, 9 to 6, and Saturday, 9 to noon, for your tanning convenience. No need to make an appointment. Just walk in and experience the newest, hottest tanning beds around. Cuts and Such is located at 1904 South Bridge, so stop by today.
Debbie Rule, where we are talking about how to get your kids to talk to you about their day at school. Part of our Back to School series, School is Here. And what parents want more is to know what happened that day at school. Good, bad, or wonderful. They want to know what happened at school. So uh, there's a way that we can ask questions that can drive our kids away and not want them to answer, or there's a way that we can prompt questions to get answers and information uh, when the child is ready to talk. So we're going to discuss a little bit of that tonight and help you be able to uh, be equipped to answer questions for your children, but also to ask questions of how your child's day was at school. And joining me tonight on the program is my wonderful husband, Rudy. Hi, Debbie. It's good to have you with me tonight. How are you doing? It's great to be on the show tonight. What a great topic you have. Well, you know, every parent, I know I'm guilty of it too, as soon as the kids get in the car, how was your day at school today? You know, and you just start Pestering them with questions. Yes, badgering them badgering. with all these questions and hammering. And you know, sometimes <laughs> they want are ready to talk, but a lot of times they're just like, "I need some time. I just got through with my school day." And you think about how you feel when you come in from work or when you come in from a busy day, and someone just starts asking you questions. Uh, you may not want to respond right away either. So some kids do, and some kids need some time to just kind of decompress and get their thoughts together, and then they're willing to talk to you. Maybe they need a snack before or a little playtime or something. But uh, they're always um, full of things that they can share that happened that day. It's just getting them to share it. You know, you can be creative and think of something positive to say. If it's Monday, you can say, whew, Monday's over. You know, and anybody can be excited about that. So say something positive instead of automatically going to a question. You know, uh, some kids love to talk about school and others, you know, they just they don't. And some kids really enjoy school and some kids don't. Some kids don't want to go to school. Some kids love to go to school. And then you've got all of those that are in between. And so talking about something that maybe they're not as comfortable talking about um, will help you get some insight on to whether there's something going on that you should know about. And, you know, if your child is exhibiting some type of behavior that you're concerned with, then, you know, you most naturally you're going to want to ask questions about what's going on. But for sure, they're probably going to shut down if you start asking questions if there's a problem. So there's a sensitive way to ask questions that maybe will encourage them to talk about it rather than you just, uh, you know, drilling them and saying, I know there's something wrong. Why don't you tell me what's wrong? What happened? You know, was someone mean to you? Was, you know, stay all these things and putting things or ideas into their mind, but rather just saying, you know, when I was younger, I had bad experiences at school too. And, and we all do. Sometimes we have good years. Sometimes we have bad years. Sometimes we have good days. Sometimes we have bad days, but that's okay. You know, I'm here. If you want to talk about anything, I'm willing to listen and, and, um, be here for you to talk to if if you're ready and when you want to. And you can ask them what they think about the situation, whether it's another student or maybe it's a teacher. You know, parents want to ensure that their children know that their parents are on their side if there's something going on, as long as they're uh, in the right. And you can share that with a child. You know, if you're being mistreated by the system, by the teacher, by a student, 
we'll find a way to deal with it. Um, if you're in trouble with a teacher or if you don't like a teacher, you know, a lot of times kids do not respond well to authority. Mm -hmm. And it's important for a parent to uh, be on the right side of this and teach a child how to deal appropriately with authority. Mm -hmm. And a child that doesn't deal appropriately with authority can wreck their life early mm -hmm. on. Absolutely. And so you can be on your child's side and you can also encourage them to respond to authority uh, appropriately and talk to them about legitimate authority. And they can, you're a safe place for them to talk about the situation. You won't condemn them. You know, if you get in, if a child gets in trouble at school, a lot of times they don't want to tell the parent. They mm -hmm. certainly don't want to be wrong, and they don't want to get in greater trouble. And so it's good to have these conversations before things come up, to anticipate uh, encountering a bully, to anticipate encountering a teacher that you may not uh, click with, uh, to participate in inappropriate or bad behavior during school, you know, what's going to happen and how are we going to deal with it. And uh, I think what you said is so uh, appropriate to talk about how when you were in school and you <laughs> maybe ran into some of the same challenges. Mm -hmm. So that helps you relate and have common ground. As we were talking about this earlier this week, you mentioned common ground and how important it is for children to realize, you know, mom wasn't perfect, dad wasn't perfect. There's common ground here, and this is something we all have to deal with. Yes, and I, I liked earlier when you were talking about um, just, you know, directly asking. Sometimes you just have to directly ask a question. And if there's something going on, instead of, you know, beating around the bush and trying to figure out what's going on, you know what's going on. You got a call from the teacher or call from the principal or, you know, there's a concern or there's a care or there's a problem and you already know uh, what what it is because you've been enlightened by the school and so now you need to talk to your child about it instead of you know kind of beating around the bush and trying to get them to tell you what's going on just you just ask directly you know so and so called me from the school today and we had a very nice discussion and first of all you know you are um so appreciated at school and they really just love the way you are so um great about asking questions in, in class and being such a good participant. Um, but they did say that you're having a little bit of trouble talking uh, out of turn and also talking when you're supposed to be working. So uh, we love that you love to talk and that you want to share, but we need to talk about when it's appropriate time to talk in class and when there's a not appropriate time to talk in class and when the teacher's teaching you need to be quiet and listen. So um, do you think that we could work on that? What can I do to help you work on that? And how um, do you think that you can do better in that area? What are some things that you can do? You know, that really positive approach, that encouragement, that uh, starting off with something positive, that praising is so important. Uh, our children are dealing with things today with social interactions of all sorts that leave them vulnerable and sometimes they snap sometimes they act out sometimes they pop off 
and so to encourage them, you know, I love you. You're a great kid. Your teachers really like you and respect you. You're doing well. If those are all true things. Now, yes. if it's a child that's dealing with a lot of issues, you know, more needs to be done. There are some serious things here we need to talk about, but you need to know you're my child and I love you and we're going to handle this and mm -hmm. we're going to make it better and we're going to give you the best experience we can. Mm -hmm. uh, children uh, emotionally, and it's hard, hard for me to say this accurately without someone misunderstanding what I'm saying, but children are held to such a mature expectation at such a young age and they act so much more mature at a young age when even though they're operating in that situation they may not really be and it's just so much more difficult in some ways for children today than it's ever been before and so they want to be they want you to think they can handle it that they've got it figured out that they don't need any help. And if you're running into those kind of stonewalling or roadblocks, just be supportive. Say, you know, I'm here. And you know, one way to break down those stonewalling or roadblocks is to talk about your own experience. If you had a teacher that you didn't get along with, if you had someone in your class that bullied you, you know, to, to commiserate with them. Again, common ground. Mm -hmm. I know, I have some idea of how you feel and, you know, maybe I can offer some ideas if you want to talk to me about it. Mm -hmm. You know, um, them, if there is a problem, they're well aware of it. And now they know you're aware of it. And so um, the best way to do that is to just, like you said, sit down and talk about it. And there are some things that you just have to deal with. And uh, but always encouraging that child as you start talking about it because most kids are already going to feel bad that they've messed up and a lot of times uh, kids don't feel like they can live up to their parents um, standards or their parents um, wishes for them and a lot of times they uh, will react negatively or you'll get uh, negative behavior from them because they don't feel like that they can do it. Um, and so parents have to be very careful not to put a lot of pressure on their kids to be something that they're not. Uh, and we're all guilty of that. You know, we all want what's best for our kids. And so we, we, um, we sometimes don't realize that we're putting a lot of pressure on them to be something that we think they should be. Now, there's nothing wrong with encouraging them to be the very best that they can be. But I'm talking about a standard and a, um, way of producing the way we think they should rather than the way they're built to do. Well, and that's so true. And you think uh, the world is so much different for our kids today than when we were in school or the parents that are listening today. And so uh, the way children are disciplined today, uh, you know, so many bad parents have gotten involved uh, going against the school system around the country and getting lawyers involved that now children have to be treated a certain way that keeps the school from liability. And so 
it, what we've done to our children isn't fair to them, but it's something we have to deal with. And a, a child needs a friend. You know, it needs a parent. A child needs a parent, but they also need someone that can say, you know what, you can tell me anything and we'll deal with it together. So a child needs a safe place and yes. a parent can be that. Yes. A child needs a parent and a friend. And sometimes we fail at being the friend part and sometimes we fail at being the parent part. And you've got to have a good balance there between the two. Children are not going to come and talk to you if there's not uh, feeling a set a sense of safety and trust. They need to trust you and they need to feel safe that they can come and talk to you and that you're not going to um, be so harsh with them that you don't really hear what's going on. So many times we just get right to the punishment and the consequences that we really don't look deeper within why is this behavior going on? What is really going on here? Because a lot of times it's not the behavior that we're addressing. It's something a little bit deeper that's going on there. Well, and it's so difficult to be a parent today. And who's prepared for it? We don't have parenting classes that we go to. I mean, we get married, we have kids, and all of a sudden we've got situations that we're not familiar with. And things have changed while we were going to school or making a living. The way we went to school isn't the way kids go to school now. Uh, there's just a lot going on socially in our school systems. Even even the uh, schoolwork has changed. And so uh, parents can feel like they're overwhelmed. And they don't not only feel overwhelmed, they are overwhelmed. They have no answers, and they just throw their hands up. And, you know, all I can do is hug my child and pray for the best. I mean, good grief. So it's there's nothing easy about it. Some parents appear to have it all figured out. Well, I promise you, uh, there's not one parent out there that's got it all figured out. And if you think you do, I hope something doesn't happen to show you you don't, but I'm afraid it will. Mm -hmm. There are situations you can't even imagine that can occur, and you're just at a loss. You have, and so the relationship with your child is what's important. I value you. You're my child. I respect you, and you know what? I'm here for you, and I'm not going to abandon you, and I'm going to make sure you're treated right and appropriately. I'm not going to uh, defend bad actions, but I am going to protect you. So, you know, if you make a mistake, let's fess it up and get it dealt with. Uh, you know, uh, that will keep the lines of communication open. Mm -hmm. Children have a lot going on. We have no idea. And today, parents have a lot going on. So when, mm -hmm. when you're talking about a parent and a child and both have a lot going on, there's just not a whole lot of time mm -hmm. to step back and hear about somebody else's, you know, what's going on in their life. And so there's the disconnect. Mm -hmm. And this year being even uh, more difficult, I think, because we're coming into a situation where the school year is so different. Starting from the very beginning, there's a lot more stress involved with this year's school year. You think about what the teachers are having to deal with and not just doing on-campus learning, but they're trying to deal with kids that are staying at home and learning, and they're trying to keep everybody together and connected, and and uh, they're trying to keep the campuses safe and virus-free and disinfected and, you know, all these different things that are going on.
going on. And um, it's just that can really just become stressful in itself. And so, you know, maybe uh, responses are not done in an attitude or a tone that uh, is encouraging. And so that might, you know, cause your child to feel a little um, like they're not liked or or something like that. And so, you know, talking to your child and saying, you know, everybody has bad days and, you know, your teacher really likes you. She talks very highly of you. You know, I'm sorry that you got your feelings hurt today, but, but you know, it, it'll be all right. I'm sure that she was just stressed out. Like sometimes I get stressed out and I, you know, say, talk to you and lose my patience a little bit and have a little bit of a abrasive tone. So, you know, just give her some grace and, and everything will be okay tomorrow. Sometimes it's just things like that. Sometimes it's a lot deeper things that are going on. But if you've provided a place for your child to come that is safe and that they trust you and, you know, doing that starts when they're younger. You can't wait until they're teenagers to provide uh, the time and, and say, okay, now, you know, you can trust me. I'm, I'm, I'm your friend and, and I'll listen to anything you want to tell me. You want to tell me something, right? And you want to tell me about that friend and what y'all been doing, right? Because, but if all you've done has been a harsh disciplinarian and, um, not been uh, that nurturing parent or the person that praises them and encourages them, gives them affirmation along with discipline and consequences, then they're going to feel a little more distant from you than feeling like they can come and talk to you. And during the teen years is when you especially want your kids to talk to you about the day that they had at school, because these are when things are going on uh, a lot more going on with a teenager than there is sometimes with just a kindergarten, first grade, second grade, although they have, you know, trauma that goes on in their life, too, that it's all age appropriate and something, you know, that a little small child will have a meltdown over is not what a teenager will have a meltdown over, but not saying that it's not insignificant, but teenagers have a lot of peer pressure and things that are going on. So you definitely want to be an open door for them to come and talk to um, about what's going on and uh, things that might be bothering them. And I know with teenagers that you don't really get to pick the time to talk to them. You have to just provide that environment for them to come and talk to you. And when they're ready, if you have provided that environment and you have built that foundation, then they will come and they will share with you when they're ready. And uh, you can just prompt it by saying, you know, I've, I've noticed that you've been a little depressed lately or you've been a little down. If there's anything going on, you know, I'm here to talk. We can go get a Coke or a cup of coffee or, you know, just sit right here at home and and um, you, you can share whenever you want to share with whatever you want to share with me. Uh, I just wanted to let you know that. So um, and I'm thinking of you. I know that life is hard right now. You know, Debbie, you made so many very good points. And I was thinking of people who might be listening that maybe didn't start early to build that relationship with their children. And they say, well, what do I do now? And I read a story years ago about a man. He was talking about uh, being a parent and raising children. And he related a story of when he was a young man in high school. And he said, you know, we were middle class. We lived in a city. Mom worked and dad worked. And they had the normal amount of pressures on them, you know, making the rent every month and sending kids to school and all, you know, he said his dad would be gone for work by the time he got up. And when it was time for bed, his dad would come home from work, you know, hard working and his mother worked. They were tired, all of these things. So he's a teenager and all of those issues came along. 
And he said his dad, rather than cornering him in his bedroom or cornering him in the dining room or the living room or the kitchen or in the car, would take him to a diner down the street and they would order a big plate of french fries and they'd sit there and eat french fries and talk. And he said something about not being in the house, not being in his car, uh, being out in public, I felt comfortable. And I opened up and I would talk to him. And he said, so I've remembered that all my life and I've used that with my kids. I take them to a safe place, nothing fancy, nothing, you know, special, but an opportunity to sit and talk. Mm-hmm. Kind of like equals, mm-hmm. although you're not. He's still the dad. I'm still the son. But the point is, and you mentioned going and getting a Coke and you know, if you can get out of the car and go sit at a picnic table or go into a restaurant because it's a well-lit public place and they feel safe in there mm-hmm. so that you can't lose your temper mm-hmm. and raise your voice. You can't intimidate or badger if you, you ever do that. Anyway. <laughs> that's right. But, you know, uh, kids can project all of these things even if you don't do it. So what you want to do is find a place where, you, where they feel comfortable and you can... Uh, Give them the opportunity to open up. And it may not work the first time. But a parent can sense, you know, something's going on here. And it's, and depending on your child, if you directly uh, call them out on it, that might shut them down. Or it might be the best way for that child. But you know. And so based on your child's needs, and if you have more than one, they may be different. And be aware of that. But you can mm-hmm. say, hey, let's go get some ice cream. Let's go get some French. Yeah, this guy's deal was French fries. Yours might be, you know, whatever. Um, in a larger city, you might go to Starbucks or you might go to some place where they have dessert, you know, just mm-hmm. whatever works for you. But it's the whole point is you're in a safe place where that child feels safe and will open up. Mm-hmm. And, and when you're in these, uh, when you have these opportunities with your kids, regardless of what age they are or where you are. Uh, Don't be distracted with the phones and with uh, other devices. Give them your undivided attention, just as you would want them to give you your undivided attention when you're talking, because they need to know that that they're important. And they're not going to feel like they're very important if they're in the middle of trying to talk to you about something and you say, oh, just a minute, I've got to take this call. Or let me finish this work right here and then we'll talk here in about 10 minutes. And then, you know, it's two hours later and your child's getting ready for bed and and you haven't talked about anything. So we have to be aware of that. Sometimes we're busy and we've got deadlines and we've got things we need to do, but we've got to prioritize Uh, the well-being of our kids and talking to them on a regular basis, communicating with them on a regular basis about what is going on in their life. And school is a big part of their life right now, this time of the year. For the next nine months, they're going to be in school. And so uh, it's a really very important that you um, make the decision to prioritize connecting with your child. It's just really, really important. Well, and talk with parents whose children have finished high school and have gone on, and they'll tell you, I don't know where the time went. Mm -hmm. They were starting kindergarten, and all of a sudden, they were gone. And I don't know, it's like a blink of an eye. Uh, You may not believe it. I didn't believe it when people told me that. 
Now I look at it and I think, my goodness, it's mm-hmm. hard to bring back memories of any of that. It's really, it goes by in a flash. Yep. Talk to your kids. It's important. We'll be back uh, during the second half and give you some questions to help you uh, maybe start some of those conversations, some things to ask and some things not to ask. Uh, This might help you just be able to start some uh, conversation with your kids. If you're interested in finding out about their day, which most parents are, and if you aren't, uh, then I hope that you do get that desire to find out about what's going on in their lives because it's so important as parents for us to be able to understand where they are, what's going on, who their friends are, and what they're being exposed to and how they're dealing with it. So we'll be back for the second half of At Home with Debbie Rule, where home, family, and relationships is what we talk about. Stay tuned. If you're looking for the perfect place to exchange your wedding vows, experience romance in the air, and breathtaking sunsets, Terlingua Ghost Town will give you the ultimate destination wedding experience. You will feel a rustic romance with all the history of things remaining the same for centuries, and a modern romance for any couple to share their love. Terlingua Ghost Town brings the beauty and elegance of the St. Agnes Church being the perfect wedding chapel to have the ceremony of your dreams. The celebration doesn't stop at the chapel, it will extend to an exquisite outdoor venue for the most romantic reception under the stars, fabulous indoor party at the Starlight Theater Restaurant and Saloon, and the most sophisticated accommodations for your guest and the most memorable stay for the bride and groom. There is no place better to start your life whether you are planning a wedding extravaganza or a private romantic elopement. Terlingua Ghost Town is the place to be. For more information about accommodations, the trading store, St. Agnes Church, visit BigBenHolidayHotel.com. And for the Starlight Theater Restaurant and Saloon, visit TheStarlightTheater.com. Your wedding in Terlingua Ghost Town has been written in the stars. Are you stressed out from kids, work, and demands of life? You need to relax, and no better way to relax than a full session or 30-minute massage from Massage by Chelsea. And for those who need a total relaxation experience, try the Champagne Facial Mask, a combination of antioxidant properties of both champagne and grapes. Massage by Chelsea is located in Cuts and Such at 1904 South Bridge. Call Chelsea at 325-456-2780 today and escape from all the stress in your life. When you think of sinfully nice foods, what comes to mind? Cakes, pies, breads, and sweetbreads? Sinfully Nice Foods is not only sinfully delicious, but has made-to-order sugar-free and gluten-free products available as well. Sinfully Nice Foods is a new home business with baked goods that can be a special order for almost any party, event, or just because you want to be a little sinful yourself. Sinfully Nice Foods is certified with the Food Handlers Program and is ready to meet your needs for your baked goods. So the next time that you need a cake, pie, homemade breads, and rolls, give Cynthia a call at 325-456-7740. That's 325-456-7740. Sinfully Nice Foods, it will always leave you wanting more.
Welcome back to At Home with Debbie Rule, where tonight we are talking about how to get your kids to talk to you about their day at school. We've been doing a back-to-school series, and so school has started in some areas and getting ready to. And what parents um, enjoy the most is when they get home from school is asking them, how was your day at school? Some kids talk and some kids don't. Well, and as you said in the first part of the program, most parents are really interested in finding out how school went. The old Cracker Jack commercial. What did you learn in school today? Sharing. So <laughs> that's always a, I don't know. You could say it's a great question. You could say it's a terrible question. What did you learn in school today? Nothing. You know, I don't know if kids are going to have a bad attitude about school after all that's gone on. They're going to be happy to be back in there until that first round of tests anyway. But uh, Well, you know, uh, we're saying, what did you do at school today? That's always, that's the classic question. You know, what if we change that around a little bit and just said, what was your favorite part of school today? You know, what was your favorite thing that happened today in school? And, you know, most of them have something that was just the highlight of their day. And that'll kind of get them talking about, oh, you know, this happened. It was so fun, blah, 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 blah. And they'll start talking about that because if you say, you know, what did you do at school today? I don't know. I mean, they can't remember before they got into the car, you know, what all they had to do that day because they've kind of just been going all day and 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 so it's it's hard for them it's kind of like a question that's kind of like a big question you know what did you do at school today oh well i did so much you know but what was your favorite part about school today you know that kind of gives them gives them an opportunity to talk about what was really special to them um well uh, i want to stay on this point just a second because it is such a good point They've got friends at school. Did you see your friend today? What mm-hmm. are they doing? Mm-hmm. Oh, now you've got them talking. Mm-hmm. So that's a great question. What was your favorite part of the school today? Did you see your friend? Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, maybe you might say just more which assignment or which activity did you feel um, the most confident about today? Or if they were little, you know, what did you what did you enjoy the most about what activity did you do today? What assignment did you have today that was the funnest? You know, which one which one did you have the most fun doing? And um, and let them kind of tell you and you'll find out, you know, oh, well, you know, we just started this new math and I'm just really having a hard time with it. But, you know, but this other thing that we're doing I really enjoyed. So they'll talk if you give them the right questions. You know, in a small community, uh, sometimes teachers will teach siblings Mm -hmm. over the years. Mm -hmm. And it was always fun to get together. Oh, you've got her. Oh, I had her. And they'd laugh and talk. And so uh, without, you know, being disrespectful or dishonoring your teacher, you can say to your students, you know, or your child, uh, who's your funniest teacher? Who's the funniest teacher you've got? Who's the nicest teacher you've mm-hmm. got? You know, things like that. Get them to start talking about their teachers, how they relate to people, because it is about relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, the first day of class, you see your teacher, you immediately draw some conclusions, that first impression. What, what did you think? 
and maybe uh, what you thought was wrong mm-hmm. or maybe what you thought was right. Or what you were told. That's you know, right. sometimes it's kids that have had that teacher previously and maybe those personalities didn't quite click or they're just exaggerating about, you know, trying to make everything so bad. And you go in there with an attitude that this teacher is going to be horrible this year and you find out maybe you like this teacher. This teacher is uh, a good fit for you. So don't, um, you know, try to help your kids make decisions for themselves. Don't let them uh, make decisions about their teachers or about the um, activities or programs or assignments or subjects that they're taking. Don't let someone else uh, tell them how they should feel about it or um, help them, you know, help them to understand that this is a new fresh year and you have a new start and these are new new beginnings, new things that you're going to be learning and help them to just not listen to past experiences from anyone. Such a good point. It's a new start and you want it to be a good start. Mm-hmm. You know, for younger students, you have the opportunity to go meet the teacher. Mm-hmm. Don't ever pass up an opportunity to meet the teacher or have a meeting with the teacher because then you can go to your child and say, you know, I met your teacher and I agree with you on that, but on this you're, you know, and you can relate. There's common ground there. You know who you're both talking about and you can talk to that teacher and help your child deal with that teacher in a much more successful way. And that's the key. You want your children to be successful. Mm-hmm. And, you know, talking about the funny thing about a teacher is, you know, you might just narrow it down to what was the funniest thing that happened today at school, you know, and they might say, oh, you know, so-and-so slipped or fell or, you know, it was funny. Um, I know that's probably not anything to laugh about, but to kids, well, you know, they might laugh about certain that's things. That's a so. good point, though. Every class has a class clown. Mm-hmm. What did the class clown do today? Did he get in trouble again? You can laugh about, you know, some child that's constantly screaming for attention and gets <laughs> more attention than they bargained for. What did, I mean, we had one in our class, Harvey. What did Harvey do today? Oh, I'd regale my family with stories about Harvey and what he did today and oh and learn how you are not supposed to act that's right <laughs> good example of what good not example to do. of not what to do um you know but just prompting them with some questions that uh might help them be able to talk a little bit more freely about what's going on at school rather than just asking them you know what how was your day at school today because they don't know how their day at school was. It's just there was too much, too much that happened during the day and too much for them to even remember or to talk about. So be more specific uh, with certain things and a little more lighthearted, I think, unless um, you've really got that relationship built where if you know something's wrong that you can just directly ask it. But if you're still working on that safe environment or you haven't done that in the past and you're trying to build that now, Uh, Be a little more lighthearted about it. Don't pressure them and don't uh, prod because if you do, then that's just going to turn them the other way. You've got to encourage them and praise them into that place that you want them to be. And so always letting them know that you're available and that you, you know, that they are a priority in your life and you will stop what you're doing to sit down and talk when they're ready. 
and have a good attitude about all the things we're talking about. You know, some might hear this and think, you know, that's just too much work. That's too hard. I mean, my parents' attitude was, we work. We don't ask you to help us with our work. You're in school. That's your job. You do your job. We'll do our job. And we never had conversations like this. So uh, some parents are that way. Maybe your parents didn't get involved in your schoolwork, and you're like, well, my parents didn't do it, and I turned out fine. That's great. Glad you did. Be a better parent. Not saying anything against your parents, but you can say, you know what, I wish my parents had done this, and then you go do it. You be that parent that does a little bit more. Be a better parent than your parent was. And times are a little bit different now. I think kids are exposed to a lot more. They have a lot more stress and peer pressure than they did before. Not to say that there wasn't always peer pressure and negative things going on that kids were exposed to. But there just seems to be a lot more that they can get involved in that's not good Uh, And children will look for that place where they're affirmed and where they're praised and where they're encouraged. And wherever they can find that, that is where they're going to go. And so if you want them to come home and to connect with you, then you're going to have to affirm and praise and encourage. Doesn't mean that you can't discipline or you can't give consequences or that you can't talk firmly with them about what's expected of them. But you need to remember you know, affirming them and praising them and encouraging them where you want them to be rather than berating them down and uh, telling them where they are and they just keep getting beat down, beat down, beat down, beat down. And I know parents don't intentionally do that. We don't. But we just, we get busy and we don't take the time and we deal with the situation at hand and sometimes we deal with it in a way that causes our child to go a little more the other direction than the direction that we want them to go. And so I think just remembering a good, you know, sandwich effect, affirmation, then whatever it is you want to talk to them about, and then some more affirmation, because it just uh, lets them know that, yes, I, I do care for you. I do love you. You are my child. I am on your side. But in this situation, you were wrong, and that behavior won't be tolerated. So uh, next time, I know you're going to make a better decision because you're a good person. You're a good person, and this doesn't make you a bad person. It just means you made a bad choice. A lot of times we tell our kids they're bad. We need to really address the behavior as being bad and not the person as being bad because that gives them a stigma in their mind of, well, I'm just bad, so I'll just do it anyway. Well, and when you've told a child 10 times and they mess up again, it's easy to get frustrated. Yes. Don't get frustrated. This is a marathon. You've got to raise them. It's hard work. And if you draw comfort from that, knowing that all other parents are realizing this is hard work, it's well worth the work. Uh, One person told us years ago that when you're raising your children, you're raising your grandchildren. That's true. And we have found that to be true. What we instilled in our children is now being instilled in our grandchildren. And so this is going to have a long-range effect. And I love the three points you made to affirm them, to encourage them. And what was the third one? Praise. Praise them. And children need a place where they get those three things. They also need firm firm, firm Mm -hmm. boundaries, not Mm -hmm. rigid. Mm -hmm. There's a difference, but they need firm boundaries. Mm -hmm. And they need a conversation on occasion where you say, I've put firm boundaries around you to protect you. I love you enough. I respect you enough to hold you to a high standard. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. and I expect you to operate at that level. And I have firm boundaries for a reason, because I love you. I have a job to do. My job is to be your parent, and I'm going to do my job. And you should tell them that until they've got it memorized, and they will tell their children, Mm -hmm. I've got a job to do, and my job is to be your parent, and I'm going to do it right. Mm -hmm. And when you come home with books, or maybe you order books off the internet on how to parent, uh uh-oh, mom's reading another book, or dad's reading another book. It's that important to learn. I didn't have the best parents. I loved my parents, but I wanted to be a good parent. I wanted to be a better parent than my parents were. I put more effort into it. Debbie and I both have bookshelves breaking under (laughs) books on how to parent, and we have a lot yet to learn, but we really tried hard and put a lot of effort into it. Mm-hmm. And this is uh, not to make anyone feel bad about what you have done or what you haven't done. This is just, you can start today. That's today right. is a, a new day, just like this is a new school year. Maybe you didn't have a good track record in the past talking with your child about things, but today you can start. Tomorrow you can start. You can start by providing that um, praise and that encouragement and that affirmation with them and, and giving them a place that's safe, that they can come and talk to you. And over time, they will trust you and they will bring the problems that they have to you because that's the safest place. And the, the danger zone here is that when we don't provide that, kids go find a place where they can. And it's in a, in a boyfriend or a girlfriend or uh, a gang or, you know, just a, something that might not be positive in their life, but they're looking Uh, We all need affirmation and praise and encouragement, and children, especially growing up, they need to know that they're important and that they're appreciated and that they're loved and um, that they're not just some stupid little kid, you know, but that they are a person with uh, opinions and, um, and, and those should be respected to a certain extent. I mean, they're kids, but... It's it's treating them with respect as well. I think that that's where parents fail, and I know I failed in that area a little bit too. So it's just treating them instead of being a rigid parent like you talked about, but being more of that balance of I'm your friend, but I am your parent. I'm going to parent you because I love you. You know, as a parent, you don't ever want to excuse bad behavior. Uh, We have societal norms that society says this is okay, this is not okay. And at the bare minimum, children have to respect societal norms. Now, hopefully, you've got higher values than society, and you uh, train your children to a higher level than Mm -hmm. society. But at the bare minimum, don't excuse bad behavior and make sure that they conform to societal norms at the very minimum. Otherwise... There's going to be negative consequences, and if you ever talk to a parent whose child has gotten into the system, it's hard to get out of the system. So Mm -hmm. teach your children, train your children, love your children. Don't excuse bad behavior. You have got to take them to task on that, find out what motivated it, and how to make sure it doesn't happen again, and explain to them the consequences Uh, I know parents that have taken children through the uh, local jail to show them where people who break the law go, and it's been very informative. You would rather them go through it on a tour 
then go there to stay overnight. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. uh, you talk to your children about consequences of choices they make. And I used to tell my kids, I say, you know, I don't have the money to bail you out or to get you a good lawyer. You better not mess up. Mm -hmm. And so these are conversations parents need to have with older children, especially Mm -hmm. when they start driving, especially Mm -hmm. when they start testing boundaries. And, you know, parents try hard to do what they think is right. And as Debbie said, we make mistakes. Mm-hmm. And But you know what? It, it, nobody's going to take the job away from you of being the parent. So you've got to make your mistake and say, you know what? I'm going to learn from that and we're going forward. And we're not doing that one again. Mm-hmm. And just do your best and put the effort into it. At some point, that child is going to move on out of high school and have a life, and you're going to go, wow, I don't have the opportunity to impact that child's learning anymore. They're gone. And they'll remember. Oh, you know, they'll remember uh, how things were in their home. And uh, even though they may be mad at you now and they may be upset with you because of boundaries or things you put in place, they will appreciate it when they get older because we all do. We all appreciate what our parents have done for us when it was called tough love and we didn't like it, but we became a better person because they did. So uh, don't rob your child of a better future by exercising tough love and always make the punishment fit the crime because that's uh, that's really important too. I found a couple of cute things that I saw for younger kids and that was um, at dinner time, you know, they just love to do show and tell at school. And so, you know, after dinner, maybe you could have them do a little show and tell with you. Um, maybe it's a picture that they drew at school that day, or maybe it's something else that happened that day that they want to talk about, or maybe it's a new book that the teacher's reading to them, whatever it may be that they can just talk to you about and um, if they have something to show you and tell you about. This helps them to start talking to you, and it's in a non-threatening way. It also helps them with um, just giving presentation, just getting up and talking in front of people, whether it's just their family or if it's uh, extended family that's there that they want to talk about what happened at school that day, their show and tell. But it makes them comfortable being able to get up in front of people. And you want to help your kids do that because we have to do that as adults. And uh, some people are so timid they don't want to. And I know I used to be that way. So helping your children with that now and helping them grow into that is so much easier than them becoming an adult and having to stand up and talk in front of people because that is... Uh, can be frightening, (laughs) to say the least. So um, little things like that. And then another thing that I found was um, little smiley faces. Kids love smiley faces. And when they're like in pre-K and kindergarten, they relate to that very well. And they relate to emotions, you know, happy, sad, crying, or sleepy. I was sleepy today. And so you could, you know, make these little smiley faces and you could say, okay, you're home from school. Now go put the smiley face on the refrigerator. That was your day today. You know, maybe they were sleepy that day. So they put the sleepy one up or maybe they have one where they were crying and they tell you, well, you know, I fell down on recess and I hurt my knee and, you know, that made me cry. Or maybe they just have happy and they just had a happy day, but they can relate to their emotions that way. And it's not really talking about what happened as much as it is sharing that emotion through a, uh, a smiley face or a crying or 
maybe even a little angry or, or sleepy, whatever your emotions you want to put together and make those. And they can um, share with you how their day was through their emotions and what through the smiley great faces. point if you don't have the smiley or the... If you don't have the face that depicts how they're feeling, they can draw it for mm-hmm. you. That's right. They can draw it. And this is a great way to talk to them and to encourage them to start talking. But little kids sometimes need more visual than they do verbal. And so you kind of have to help them kind of along the way with that. But You know, to carry that just one step further, art therapy is one way that therapists, counselors, and psychologists work with young children. Draw me a picture, and you might see it on TV on cop shows. Listen, it is so effective you won't even believe it. Listen, parents can do these things. Draw me a picture about your day. Draw me a picture about the child you're having a problem with. Let them draw that out, and it really gets emotion out because it is artistic, it is expressive, and it is communicating. Mm -hmm. And there are just so many ways that parents can be effective with their children that we're just not taught or we don't ever think Mm -hmm. of or we're too busy for until we become a parent. That's right. Thank you so much for inviting us into your home tonight. We love hearing from you and spending Sunday evening with you sharing our thoughts about home, family, and relationships. From our home to yours, I'm Debbie Rule. I'm Rudy Rule. We'll see you next week right here at 6 p.m. on KNEL 95.3 FM and KNELradio.com. Have a blessed week. Thank you for joining us today for At Home with Debbie Rule. You can be at home with Debbie Rule every Sunday on KNEL 95.3 FM and canielradio.com. Follow At Home with Debbie Real on Facebook and podcast on iTunes. See you next week at home with Debbie Real for more insights on home, family, and relationships. Mm-hmm.